This is the Emergency Podcast System, and this is a special episode of Rumble with Michael Moore. I am Michael Moore. This special podcast is underwritten by Anchor Podcast, the free podcast organization. You can go to the bitanchor.fm or to their Anchor app. This is February 4th, 2020, and tonight we're in a big pile of shit. Yesterday was the Iowa caucus, and what happened there was unforgivable. The people went and voted, and their votes, right up until now, are still not fully counted. I'm not going to go into the whole story. You either know about it or you don't. You can look it up if you don't. But basically, the reporting system that they set up with this special app from the 1,700-plus precincts didn't work, and nobody knew by the end of the night who had received any votes let alone uh, delegates to the Democratic National Convention this July. But I wanted to speak to you right now before you sunk too far into any, any deep well of despair or cynicism because I want all of us to look at the long picture here, both of what is in front of us, but also what we've come from. 231 years ago today, the Electoral College met for the first time. They gathered together in this new democracy where only white male property owners were allowed to vote for the first president. There was essentially only one candidate on the ballot of this uh, new democracy. Uh, His name was George Washington. And the Electoral College on this day voted unanimously to make him the first president of the United States. There was no dissent. 107 years ago today, Rosa Parks was born. On this day, a great woman (laughs) entered this world, someone who would go on to ignite a civil rights revolution in this country. So on a day that where we should be, of course, celebrating her birthday and also remembering that this thing called the Electoral College was anything but an element of democracy, we find ourselves talking about the very first caucus state in Iowa where the Democratic Party has set up their own electoral college in Iowa where it's not one person, one vote. It's it's literally, if you've seen any of the news today, there's only 62% of the precincts uh, reporting on some level. And what it's shown is this. Bernie Sanders has won, except, well, he hasn't. First of all, all the votes aren't counted yet, but of those that have been counted so far, he's ahead with what we now call the popular vote. And to find out that Iowa has its own electoral college where whoever gets the most votes is not necessarily the one who gets the most delegates to the convention. So with 62% of the vote now in, as I record this emergency podcast, Bernie is ahead with the popular vote, but behind with the delegate vote. So uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, has less people who have voted for him, but has more delegates. I, 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 honest to God, I spent 12 days there. I did not know that there's a mini electoral college thing going on in the state of Iowa. So we'll devote another podcast to how we're all going to get together and stop this madness of how we elect the people that are supposed to represent us. One person, one vote. That's the way it should be. But there I was in in Iowa for 12 days, going around the state, meeting some incredible people, 
seeing the condition it was in and realizing that obviously Bernie was going to do very well here. The first night I was in Iowa, we had security people attached to all of us. And um, we went out to dinner after the first um, town hall. And uh, after dinner, I stepped into the restroom and one of the security people followed me into the restroom. And he said to me, I've been listening to your conversation, all of you at the table, and talking about, you know, what Hillary has tried to do to influence and, and hurt the Sanders campaign, Elizabeth Warren, Biden, you know, the others in the DNC. And he said, I was in PSYOPs. I was in PSYOPs when I was in the military. My last four years in the military was in PSYOPs. This is called, this is, PSYOPs stands for Psychological Operations. This is the very, very elite branch of the military that um, does things to mess with people's minds. People we call the enemy, and um, we do various things using propaganda, telling truthful lies, supporting media that is pro-USA in these countries, uh, well, there's a whole bunch of things that are that are done to kind of get people thinking the way we want them to think. They're called psychological operations or psyops. And he said um, the Bernie campaign is being is is being psyoped. They're psyops. Obviously, going I, I, everything you've described, everything I've witnessed, I can see that um, there is an approach being practiced by other politicians, by the media by corporations, whatever, the way they want the public to think about Bernie Sanders and how they're trying to succeed in stopping his campaign. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm for what you guys are doing. And so uh, who can I speak to to offer my services to, to, to do a PSYOPs campaign against the people that are doing PSYOPs against Bernie Sanders? And I said, yeah, I don't really know about stuff like that, but uh, thanks for your support. And, uh, and then walked out of the restroom. I've thought a lot about him in the last 24 hours, the way this works. And I, it, it brings me back to 2016, where in Iowa, again, the first caucus, it was pretty clear to most people who were studying what was going on and the vote that night in Iowa, where it appears that Bernie won. And the Clinton campaign uh, decided to come out and announce that they had won before all the votes had been tallied. And that was the story the press picked up. And uh, I think Bernie had already gone to bed or something and somebody woke him up and said, you're not going to believe what they just did. They announced that they'd won before the, the count was done. And then that was the story that got picked up. And then as they, a couple days went by, they began to see, oh, geez, this was kind of a tied race or maybe Bernie actually won. So they decided to give Hillary four extra delegates, but they spun it. They spun it so that um, they did not want him to come out of, out of nowhere and then suddenly win the first caucus. Anybody who has a memory of this, who's listening to this right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if anybody was involved in the operation, especially on the other side, you know exactly what I was talking, what I am and was talking about then. But I'm, I'm loath to kind of go much further with this because the reason I wanted to do this emergency podcast to get this out right now is that I'm hearing from enough of you and I need to ask you not to sink 
into your despair or your cynicism. First of all, Bernie hasn't lost. In fact, he's ahead right now. There's no reason to be, to go all whacked out here. We've done great. And we're on our way to New Hampshire. And in fact, Bernie's already there. Had a packed turnout tonight in Milford, New Hampshire. And he's all smiles. His spirits are up. He took it all on in Iowa. And we may find out in the next day or two the whole truth. And we'll know that uh, what I think is going to happen is we're going to He's going to continue to be ahead in the what they call the popular vote. In other words, more Iowans want him than anybody else. And perhaps in the delegate vote. So good on everybody who contributed, who helped in any way. Feel good. I don't want you to go into cynicism either. I know it's easy to do this because, you know, you see, you see all this stuff go on. The Des Moines Register having to spike their poll. The poll they were going to... The vaunted, you know, well-respected Des Moines Register poll that appears the day before the caucus. And they were going to run that on Sunday. And then Pete Buttigieg's campaign complained, and they said that they a supporter of theirs was called by a pollster. The pollster went through all the names of the candidates and did not mention Pete Buttigieg's name. And so because of this one call that came from a Buttigieg supporter, a call that nobody knows who it is or what, what it was. Taking the word of the Buttigieg campaign, the Des Moines Register decides to not publish the poll. Even though it's all completed, it's all done. They know who's in first place in the poll. And they say, no, there was an hour-long special on CNN where they were going to talk about the results. No, gone, canceled. Canceled because of one Buttigieg supporter and because the Buttigieg campaign called and complained because of this one phone call? Wow. So I can see why you might get a little cynical or a little, uh, you know. And then and then on, on caucus night, when there are literally no votes tallied, Mayor Pete just walks out to the microphone and declares victory. We're on to New Hampshire. Victorious. Victorious he says, and he stands in front of the microphone and he lies to the American people for 30 minutes about how he just won the Iowa caucus. When, because he obviously was involved in stopping the publishing of the Des Moines Register poll, he knows where he stood. He knew he had to do this because because he came in third in the Des Moines Register poll. How do we know that? Well, it came out. (laughs) See, either somebody leaked it or the Des Moines Register was just so beaten down by everybody wondering what the hell has been pulled here? Who, who pulled this off? And there it was. Who was, it? Who was number one in the Des Moines Register poll? Bernie Sanders. Mayor Pete, number three. But no poll released to the public. Thanks to Mayor Pete saying that there was something fishy about it. Yeah, what was fishy about it is that he was number three. That's what he didn't like. Wow. So, yeah, I, I can see how cynicism might set in with some of you. Or the Iowa Democratic Party outsourcing to uh, this company called Shadow to do create an app that the precinct captains would call in the results on. Not call in, but app in on, on caucus night the results from their precincts. 
an app that that had not been working as they were testing it in the weeks leading up to it, still wasn't working the afternoon before the caucus doors opened. I, I spoke to precinct captains who already were saying that they didn't know what they were going to do because they could see that the app wasn't working. But they went ahead anyways. They did nothing to fix it, nothing to have a real, a real true backup. Now, who was this company? Shadow, the app company. Well, <laughs> the CEO, the COO, the CFO, and the CTO of Shadow were all Hillary campaign workers and their number one client who had paid them $42,000 for the software rights to this uh, app and other services was a guy named Pete Buttigieg. That might turn you into a bit of a cynic, right? You've, <laughs> you've got a, 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 this company backed by these particular millionaires who are against Bernie Sanders, who uh, then they staff it with key uh, Hillary campaign tech people, and then they're in somehow and they're in cahoots with Mayor Pete at the same time. Now, when you hear stuff like that, what do you, you know, I know some of you are going, this is why I don't want to vote. This is why I don't want to get involved. It's all dirty. See, that's exactly the way they want you to think. This is why I am encouraging people do not sink into your cynicism or despair. No matter how bad this sounds, it just means that the fight is harder for us. And when you see the candidate who knows that, that, he probably isn't going to win. Not sure, because no votes have been counted yet at that point on caucus night to stand in front of the American people with that sort of, what is that thing about him? I know a lot of us have talked about it privately, but, but what is that, that, <laughs> that look of his, this sort of manufactured candidate look? He's a former naval intelligence officer. His job was not to fight in the war in Afghanistan, but to uh, to do essentially not a psyops uh, campaign, but to work to disrupt the financial networks of Al Qaeda and the, the Taliban. But he's a smart guy. I mean, he's a really smart guy. And when the army gets a hold of a smart guy like that, they put him to work trying to fuck things up. And that was his job. And then the next day, that would be today, uh, the Democratic Party of Iowa announces that they're going to, at 5 o'clock, have the results. But by 2 or 3 o'clock, they pull back and say, well, we're going to get partial results. And the partial results they give say that Pete Buttigieg is number one in terms of delegates, even though he's behind in the actual votes. The number of votes he has received is less than Bernie Sanders, which allows him to go out on a stage in New Hampshire <laughs> after 5 o'clock and announce again that he's won. Uh, wow. Now look, I know, I know this is hard to take. I know it's hard to just not sink. I know it's easy to, to just declare what's the point and to check out. But my friends, look, if you don't think that we're in the fight of our lives here, of trying to get rid of Trump and trying to elect somebody um, who has a different, very different worldview than Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg and, you know, Amy and the rest of them, then, you know, that's a difficult thing. Listen, I want to say here too, that it's not just the uh, Bernie Sanders people that are upset at what happened in Iowa. I'm certain uh, if you're for Elizabeth Warren, this was very upsetting uh, to you because 
you may have done much better than what everybody had been predicting. And now you don't get to, you don't get to go to New Hampshire claiming anything. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was hardest of all on Joe Biden because both in the Des Moines register poll where he was number four and in at least of the results they've released so far with Biden, he's either fourth or fifth. I mean, it's just, he's completely tanked in the votes that have been counted so far. And had we had a real, a real election last night where everything was counted, there may have been no plane to New Hampshire that Joe Biden would have been on this morning because that really was the end of his political career last night. None of this is new, though. This kind of crazy shit's been going on for a long time with elections, with all the, all the stuff, all the dirty tricks, all the things that happen. But nobody said that fixing this was ever going to be easy. Trump removal, Trump removal, that is one hard-ass job and one that we may not succeed. I hope we do. I'll be fighting it every inch of the way, but let's just be honest here. This is a long, hard slog we are in the middle of. And part of this problem is that we now have to not just fight Trump, but we've got to fight people that are supposedly on our side, which is hard. It's hard to wake up this morning. I know people are depressed. Well, I don't want to be the one to say don't be depressed, but come on, if you're for Bernie, you should feel good. He did great. He's going to come out the winner in either the popular vote or the delegate vote or both. Give it another day or two and everybody's got their eye on it now. It's going to be hard for them to cheat. New Hampshire, he's ahead in the polls in New Hampshire. That's looking good. Nevada, he's ahead. California's number one. Super Tuesday coming up. Maybe the best thing to do is just turn off the TV. I mean, seriously, just trust yourself. Trust your gut instincts about this. Talk to your friends and neighbors about it. Remember that they're not happy either with last night. Maybe there's some common ground we can all all find with this. Poor Amy Klobuchar. I mean, I could tell just traveling around the state that she was doing a lot better than what they were giving her credit for doing. And I knew she was going to do better last night. And she probably did. But again, we don't know because we don't have the full picture in front of us. So let's all of us, whoever we're for, whatever we're doing, agree that we've got a huge fight ahead. And if you're for Bernie, you've got even a bigger fight because we're fighting on like five or six different fronts here. I mean, they do not want Bernie to be the nominee. They do not want Bernie to be president of the United States. Trust me on this one. If you don't believe that, just go, just go onto his uh, site and read Bernie's economic plan. You, you'll be a few paragraphs into that and you'll go, whoa, how is he even still on the campaign trail? Why haven't they shut him down? I mean, you read his, his economic policies, the things he wants to do. He wants to make it so that that publicly traded corporations or corporations that have a revenues of $100 million a year, that each year they have to give 2% of the stock to the workers of the company so that eventually the workers will own 20% of every company so that you get to actually have a say, a democratic economic say at the place where you work. He's, he's setting it up in the way that European countries have this where you know half the board or nearly half the board of directors has to they have to be workers they have to be employees of the company if it's again if it, i'm not talking about a mom and pop business here i'm talking about large corporations 
I mean, it's 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 amazing to see what he's planning to do to tax them, to make the workplace more democratic, to make it easy for you if you want to go to school while you're working, if you have children while you're working so that they're taken care of. Oh, my God. This stuff, you, you read this and you go, oh, no wonder. No wonder Bloomberg's running. Bloomberg, the ninth richest man in America. No, not America. I'm sorry. The ninth richest man in the world, according to Forbes magazine. Mike Bloomberg. He has decided to spend hundreds of millions of dollars and to be the standard bearer of capitalism to fight for the rich. But do it under a liberal banner or what looks like a liberal banner because he's against climate change. And, you know, he's for all of us being healthy and um, uh, doesn't like the, the gun situation. So he kind of seems like kind of an okay guy, even though he was elected as a Republican, as mayor of New York City. He's, he's leading the fight to stop Bernie. He only got into the race late here once he saw the writing on the wall that Joe Biden was not going to be able to pull this off. You only need to watch one or two of the debates with Biden and you saw that he clearly wasn't up the job and that nobody was going to stop Bernie. And so Bloomberg said, well, I'll, I'll stop him. And that's what he's in the process of trying to do. And um, you hear a lot of positive things about him in the media, not from any voters or whatever. I think we're just going to start playing his uh, nominating speech or whatever that was at the Republican convention in 2004 for George W. Bush. He gave this big speech at Madison Square Garden. Yay, W. <laughs> that's he's, he's running as a Democrat now, thinking people are going to fall for this. So that's, that's, that's the first front, the capitalism front, fighting Bernie uh, to stop his, uh, and you're going to hear this word over and over, socialism, socialism. Ber- Trump is now calling him a communist. Uh, it's going to get pretty hilarious uh, after a while. But what really scares them is that, that Gallup poll that was out this past summer. It said 57% of Democrats prefer socialism over capitalism. Wow. And the youth... I don't, I don't know what the number was. It was just some crazy number where the vast majority of our young adults under the age of 35 have a much better feeling about socialism or democratic socialism uh, than they do uh, this greedy form of 21st century capitalism that we're under, operating under. This scares the hell out of them. And it scares the older people too because when they hear that word, they think of the Cold War and duck and cover and, and they might have to give up some of the things they have, they might have to share it with others. Jeez, what would that look like if we shared and we didn't have a country of 40 million people living in poverty? That's, that's the biggest fear about Bernie. The second front he has to fight is the military industrial complex. He's for peace. Bernie has made it very clear that we're not going to have a war-based economy. We're going to have an economy that's based on things that people need and, and, and there will be a give and take <laughs> and people will have jobs and they'll be paid a, a good amount of money and they'll use that money to, for the things that they need and that will put other people to work. Uh, war doesn't really do that. War is a one way, a, sort of a dead end. You don't go to Walmart to buy tanks. Who buys the tanks? The government buys the tanks and makes these military companies filthy rich. They hate Bernie. 
they're going to stop Bernie. Uh, corporate media, oh, geez, they, they hate to have to mention him. It's just, I mean, if anybody is a Bernie supporter, I'm so frustrated watching the news and watching how, you know, they've done their best to try and ignore him, and now they don't know what to do because he's number one in the polls. He was number one in the poll that they wouldn't publish in Iowa. He's number one in New Hampshire. Nationwide poll that was taken this past weekend, number one. Number one with Latinos, number one with young adults up to the age of 45. And so the pundit class, they just, they do not like Bernie. And uh, it's just not the world they live in, you know? It's not what they're comfortable with. They're used to their own, you know? And um, Bernie's not there for them. Bernie doesn't care about what they want. He cares about what the people want. And so the New York Times and... You know, some some of cable news and whatever, just not going to react well to that. The fourth front that Bernie is fighting is the old guard of the Democratic Party. They don't want to change. They want it to be the same old, same old way. They want us to vote for somebody who's going to lose. This is the loser party. Boy, if you didn't see that last night in Iowa, this is a bunch. You know, Trump is just, you know, jizzing all over himself today. It was just a, he was just tweeting away, enjoying Boy, if they run the caucus that way, you can kind of see how they run the country. You know, that's that was Trump's whole line today. And um and that's that is who the Democratic Party is. They they have they have won the popular vote in two elections in the last twenty years, and yet we're not allowed into the White House with Gore in two thousand and Hillary in twenty sixteen. Do you think Republicans or conservative or right wingers, if they won the popular vote? If the majority of Americans said we want a right wing president and then they voted for it and it was all on the up and up and yes, the right winger won and then and then the system said, no, sorry, right winger, uh, you don't get to come into the Oval Office because you didn't win the Electoral College. What hell would there be in the streets if that happened? I think you know what I'm talking about. I don't think... I don't think they'd be quiet about it, but the Democrats are like, oh, I guess we lost. And, no, no, you didn't lose. You won by 3 million votes. I know, but you know, there's the Electoral College. And, and, uh. Man, the other side, that's not, that's not how they play. But our side, you know what our side says? Pick somebody safe. Don't, don't upset, don't upset your conservative brother-in-law. Just try to vote for somebody he'll kind of like. And so what do we get? Mondale, Dukakis, Gore, Kerry, over and over again. Let's pick the candidate who's safe. And every time we do that, we lose. The fifth front that Bernie is having to fight, the fifth front that is coming against him, is the, the people still upset about the 2016 election. They And, and you know, I guess I'm, I would sort of join this front, frankly, because I'm upset about it. Hillary won. She should be the president. She got 3 million more votes. It was time after 44 men in the Oval Office, I think, maybe everybody, everybody agree with this? Time for a woman? Absolutely. So that was a tough one. That was a tough one to take. And um, and so I get this part. I get this part. I'd be bitter and angry too. I guess I am bitter and angry because she should be the president, not Donald Trump. But for some reason, some of this bitterness and anger has been uh, channeled um, not into the DNC or the campaign that 
barely had her at all in Michigan, never went to Wisconsin. You know, they ran the campaign to lose. And somehow with, with a large chunk of people, it seems that Bernie's to blame, even though he did more rallies for Hillary than Hillary did for Obama. Even though, I mean, this guy, oh, what do they say to me? Oh, yeah, but he, he, he waited too long to endorse her. He waited till the summer, just like she did with Obama. Do you remember she didn't endorse Obama till June? She just said she didn't want to, because she, she said, she made, honestly, God, do you remember, anybody remember this comment she made that, you know, remember June is still, you know, a ways off from the election. And remember Bobby Kennedy was running for president and he didn't make it through. He was assassinated in June. She brought up the, 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 the we're talking about Obama here. She's waiting not to endorse him because, you know, we've had a candidate assassinated in June. We were already all scared enough for Obama that something would happen to him. And then she just says that out loud. And it was like, wow, why? Don't say that. And she then finally, you know, she endorsed him. And she went out and did, you know, 10, 12 rallies for him before the general election. I think she actually went to Michigan and Wisconsin for uh, Obama, which I thought was a very Christian thing to do, considering she, she didn't, she went to states that she did later in 2016, she didn't go to for herself. She went for Obama. I mean, that's you gotta you gotta admit that's a pretty stand up thing to do. But still, why didn't you do it for yourself? We needed you, not Trump. But they they throw this at Bernie at the, that he wasn't supportive. He was so support. He did thirty nine rallies, my friends. She did twelve. He did thirty nine for her on his own. Just went across the country. One day, four, I was thinking it was four days before the election. Yeah, November fourth. 2016, Bernie did four cities starting in Davenport, Iowa, over on the Mississippi River and ending that night in Omaha, Nebraska, over on the Missouri River. Four rallies in one day for Hillary. If you look at the truth of this, you wonder why why do people keep making this stuff up? This whole Bernie bro thing that's just, we did a podcast on a couple days ago. It's, it's this kind of myth that's been created. and And I wonder just how much of that crap on the internet just like the crap against her were these bots and this sort of you know mysterious you know anonymous people just going crazy on hillary who were they who you know who who put them up to that we saw we know enough about what the russians did so it's i don't know i feel bad i feel bad i understand it because i'm mad i'm mad that hillary has not been in the white house for the last um four years because she won then there's this there's this kind of um this front that keeps a little they're kind of quiet but now they've come out now they're really public i, I call them the the anti-arab anti-palestinian front against bernie they've tried to plant different articles saying that he's anti-semitic or what he you know he's jewish right okay and um but he's they're so mad at him they're mad at him because um he won't he won't kowtow to what they want him to be and do. And they think they think of him somewhat as a traitor because he is Jewish. He should just be blindly supporting everything that Netanyahu does. Well, he doesn't. And in fact, at the couple of debates ago, he explained how he's pro-Israel, but he said, you cannot be pro-Israel unless you are pro-Palestinian. And, and he talks about the treatment of the Palestinians and, and the settlements and all this stuff that's wrong. And, Oh my God, they're just like crazy. 
Why are, what are you doing to us? And he's, his whole attitude is not doing anything. I'm just being myself. In fact, I heard him say, actually, he says, I'm, I'm just living by the values I learned during the time I spent on the kibbutz in Israel. 1963. 1963, goes to, to Israel, lives on the, one of these, uh, they're kind of like democratic socialist communes, basically, where a lot of, of young people go to learn, you know, core Jewish values. And in this case, Jewish values that were considered, others would consider them socialists, but the values that say we have to share what we have and we have to help each other and everybody has to chip in and do their, do their thing to make a better world. And out of that experience, I think he was I don't know, probably around 19 years old, this is the same year that he gets arrested at a civil rights demonstration in Chicago, gets hauled away by the police and put in chains. That was what he got out of the kibbutz. That is what he understood to be his Jewish values, to stand up for those who are the have-nots, to stand up for those who are being oppressed. And then there's this, this um, group of Democrats called the Democratic Majority for Israel, which you know basically sounds like a Jared Kushner type group. And they, they'll object to that. They'll say, no, 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 we're for, you know, we're for positive things. But, but they're re- they've, they've now, they're doing all these things to stop Bernie. I said to one of them, I said, you could have your first Jewish president. No, bad. Bad for Israel. Bad for Netanyahu. Oh, my God. (sighs) Sad. It's very sad. So those are like the six fronts (laughs) that are attacking Bernie. The capitalist front, the military front, the media, corporate media front, the old guard Democratic Party front, the (laughs) righteously and, and arguably correct upset Hillary front. I get that. But, you know, coming at him, Biden saying, that he doesn't know if he'd support Bernie if he were the nominee and Hillary had said it out loud this weekend. John Kerry said it out loud. He walked it back. They always walk it back, but they put it out there. They let it be known that they may not support the Democratic nominee, which means they support Donald Trump getting a second term. It's so, they're that much against Bernie that they would actually make those statements. I don't, I do not understand this. And the main, main front that Bernie is fighting is Donald J. Trump. His whole mission here is to remove Trump from the White House and to get in there and and bring this movement with him and start getting the things that every American should have. Health care, daycare, elder care, not being in debt because you went to college, not letting the credit card companies rip you off. That's why the banks hate him. They hate him because they're so afraid he might succeed. He might turn us into Canada or Belgium, or any other civilized country on the planet that realizes that there should be an equitable situation here. There should be, we should all be living in a, in a country where everybody gets a fair shake. That's what he's fighting for. And you know, we've never gotten this close to having somebody in the White House who believes this and who's going to work to make this happen. And that is why, my friends, you cannot be sinking into despair and cynicism right now. You have to stand up and fight you have to fight this. You have to fight what happened in Iowa. <laughs> that we have to make sure never happens again. These idea of caucuses, I don't want to get into this right now, but this whole thing, we have to live in a country with one person, one vote. 
everybody votes. No suppression. Everybody votes. 17-year-olds, do you know that you can be voting right now? If you turn 18 by this November 3rd, in all these primaries and caucuses, you can show up and vote. You should get yourself registered and vote right now. This winter and spring, you can be voting. Lead the way. Lead the way. Look at the, the, your parents are depressed about what's going on and everything. Just, you know, tell them to shake it off and get up. Do your job. Damn it, you're my parents. You know, the, the, the takeaway that they want us to have after the Iowa caucus debacle, what they want us to have is this feeling of, oh, Iowa, it's just a mess. I don't know who won. I don't know who won. Yes, you do. And yes, you will tomorrow, the next day. But it'll already be forgotten. It'll already be in the past because we're deep into New Hampshire now. Very smart. Very smart to create this confusion, to create this disruption, to try and deny Bernie as they've tried to deny him. They did it four years ago. They did it with the Des Moines Register poll this weekend. They did it yesterday at the caucus. Don't fall for it, my friends. Don't let them sink you. They are trying to sink you. They've got a shovel in their hands and they are trying to beat you silly and senseless over your head so that you'll just say, fuck it. What's the point? Why bother? At that moment, when you succumb to that, that's when they've won. You have to understand that what has happened this week, it's a sign. It's a, it should be a sign to all of us that we are not prepared for what else is going to happen. Do you think this is it? little Iowa caucus kerfuffle? <sighs> this is the fights ahead of us just this year alone because they are going to throw everything they can. They are going to do everything they can do, things that we can't even think of to stop Bernie. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. Everybody has got to pull themselves up right now, right now. I don't want to re recreate the scene from network where I ask you to go to the window and stick your head out and say that you're mad as hell and you're not going to take it anymore. But whatever the equivalent of that is that you can do right now in your living room, in your car, on the subway, sitting there in class, wherever you're listening to me, this is the moment to stand up and say, damn it, this was a great week. They fought democracy and we won. We won. We will win, but we will not win. If you sink into the despair and cynicism that I know many of you are feeling tonight. Yes, you saw the Trump approval rating today of 49, 49%, the highest one he's ever had. His State of the Union message where Nancy Pelosi held out her hand to shake his hand, to shake the hand of the devil. Wow, that is some courage. And he wouldn't shake back. He pulled, he pulled back, left her just hanging there with her hand. Kind of like Bernie was left there standing on the stage a couple weeks ago, his hand outstretched. Wow, man, yeah, you bet. You can bet Trump has no intention of leaving that White House. He's going to be there for another four years in his head. He's going to do everything he can to stop the one person who he said, and we heard it on tape last week, he was most afraid of in 2016, was Bernie Sanders. And you can bet that, that the guardians of Wall Street and corporate America, of the military contractors and big pharma, of the corporate media, you just go down the whole list. They're going to fight us tooth and nail. There's, and you know what they wouldn't be doing us? They wouldn't be fighting us 
if they felt that the majority of Americans weren't with us. They'd just go, you know, let's, you know, don't pay any attention to him because nothing's going to happen. It's the way they've always treated liberals and especially the left over the years. And then all of a sudden one day they woke up and they, they saw that the majority of Americans actually didn't like them, didn't like Wall Street, didn't like corporate America. They liked Bernie, in fact. They liked Elizabeth Warren. They liked, well, they liked me. <laughs> I never thought I'd see that day. There you go. But here I am. All these things, you know, that I've fought for, for all these years, made movies about the way we should treat each other and the way you should be able to get help if you're sick, be sheltered if you're homeless, have food on the table, have a decent job, have a job that you're happy at and that you enjoy. Not one where you're just trying to pay off a student loan. All these things. It's, we're at this moment now where the American people are with us. Rejoice in that. We're at this moment where Bernie has done great in Iowa and is going to do great on Tuesday in New Hampshire. Do not despair. I am. This is not some happy talk from some silly optimist. I am not a silly optimist. I know exactly what I'm facing here, and I know it won't be easy, and I know our chances of winning are not the greatest, but they are there, the people are with us, and I want you with me. I am with you. I am with you. This can be, this can be our moment. Keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to this. And, you know, we have to, we have to be in this. We have to fight. We have to fight until the last dog dies. Until the last dog dies, we don't give in. We don't give in. We don't give an inch. This is our country. And this planet that's struggling to stay alive, this is our planet. And this is our moment. Be well. Get some sleep. Get fighting. I'm with you. Thanks for listening to this emergency podcast edition of rumble with michael moore i'm michael moore and um i'll be talking to you here in the next couple of days